Okay. Like a thousand videos on this topic. I don't know who would actually watch them. Everybody keeps asking me for them, but videos on uh, retroduction, the ancient lost art of the uh, Pythagoreans, Neo-Pythagoreans, and the Neoplatonists, completely contrary to today's logical but linear induction and deduction. I can make a thousand analogies to try to clear it up. I'll try to make a couple, but specifically, retroduction follows the logic which is also both Indian, Platonic, and uh, Egyptian, of via negativa, the path of the negative. And now it means being negative. It means following negation to arrive at synthesis of something. It's kind of like the way to get clean water is to scoop all the stuff out of it. See, like, if someone didn't know what water was actually like, trying to get to the nature of water by removing things that were in the water, I mean, that's a form of retrogression. That's as meant via negativa, or apophaticism. Hence uh, the screen name that I actually picked. This is um, a negative synthesis, but negative synthesis in terms of objective negation. One cannot enjoin a self-negation paradox. Uh, obviously, uh, subject precedes object of negation, so nobody can negate themselves since subject precedes object of negation. This is also why there's no such thing as emptiness, for example. Emptiness is purely conceptual. No such thing as a shadow. Shadow is not a thing. It's an absence of light. Emptiness is purely conceptual in such that to state emptiness, one has to be witness to it being emptiness. And that is absolutely impossible since if one were witness to it, then it was not empty since it contained a witness. Um, you could actually, or I could anyway, as well as other uh, Neoplatonists, go down that line of logic endlessly. But I mean, via negativa, apophaticism. Um, we're trying to delineate and differentiate denotatively and connotatively the difference between uh, induction, deduction, and retroduction. One of the most simple analogies I can think of is someone threw a needle in a haystack and you had a herd of people trying to figure out. It's like, well, close your eyes. We're going to throw a needle in a haystack. And you threw it over there and, and uh, uh, someone were to uh, say, well, how are we going to find it? It's like, well, we know that you're a fat guy who doesn't have any muscles and you probably couldn't have thrown it very far into the hay. And, it, uh, and they work on a calculator, the trajectory of a throw. And it's like, well, we heard your arm, we saw your arm move so far, and uh, therefore I can work out the trajectory. Okay, induction. <laughs> Deduction, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, logical analysis of the facts that are known are objectively knowable. Well, given the fact that uh, a needle is metal and it probably fell into the hay, and given the trajectory where it fell, not too a different induction deduction brother and sister uh, retroduction is something entirely different and then you got like a barefoot Billy Bob back there you know with no book learning and uh, he says well I know how to find that needle it's like how you gonna you got all these PhD people trying to they're calculating out <laughs> they're calculating out where the needle fell in the haystack and Billy Bob I said that needle made out of metal ain't it <laughs> this is a pretty good analogy. At least I think it's kind of funny. They already just set fire to the whole thing. Ain't going to be nothing left but the needle. <laughs> Retroduction. Arriving to the synthesis of, and that's only one very, very simplex analogy, arriving to the synthesis of uh, to the heart of the matter, of uh, things that cannot be very easily or logically deduced. Specifically, this is where it becomes really important, where you cannot enjoin deduction and induction in metaphysical subjects. Because, uh, you know, there's uh, 
talk about the self-negation paradox and uh, examining the examiner, the uh, fundamental substrate of human being or existence or true metaphysical ontology. This is like a person, a soul-denying person, and his uh, old uh, analogy, a soul-denying person, the body, of course, would be the house. The person leaves the house and they look in the window and there's nobody lives here. It's empty. There's no soul in here. It's like, that's because you just left the house and went outside and took a... <laughs> Can't, we can't join that self-negation paradox. Um, anyway, it's arriving at the synthesis of understanding and comprehension by non-objective induction or deduction. What we do, and this is, by the way, the, the way... Uh, the term meditation is uh, completely asinine. It does not refer to anything specifically. Uh, the uh, ancient terms uh, sati, smriti, or uh, sati, by the way, is recollection. Anamnesis is a true recollection, but it doesn't mean recollection like remembering what you ate for breakfast yesterday. But it is deducing out or coming to subjective synthesis by withdrawing, by removing what it is not. And uh, there are countless ancient analogies where one actually purifies gold um, through obviously heating up the rock, and uh, they would place it in these uh, special uh, rock troughs and the gold would actually leak out, kind of like rainwater, from the gold-bearing rock. They wouldn't actually have to break it up. They would smash it, and they'd just heat it up, and it would just pour out. It would leach out like rain. You arrived at the synthesis of something through retroduction. Um, synthesis always occurs by actually negating what it cannot be. It's kind of like deducing the nature of a, uh, a jigsaw puzzle simply by looking at the outer frame. By looking at the outer frame, we might not have any of the inner pieces, and the pieces might be gone. But we could actually arrive at what something is by looking at what it is not. That's really a crude way, without getting really hardcore into retroduction, one of the crudest ways of... Remember the, uh, the, remember the, the little children's games where they'd actually have little dots, and you join the dots, and you had to join all the dots to figure out what the hell it is you were drawing? I mean, I'm not saying I was any special and different in that matter, but I just look at the dots when I was younger and I could see immediately what it was. I mean, some of them were obvious since it had eyeballs. You could tell it was a cat. Um, some of them were not so obvious, but I mean, simply by working out the negative of where the points of connection are versus the empty space of where no dots are, nor is there interconnected uh, points to connect within that space, one is able to encapsulate a picture of what actually is there, but not by direct knowledge or episteme. Um, this is actually uh, the methodology of, and thinking is the wrong word, this is the methodology of noesis, which does not engage in the mechan mechanism of empirical consciousness, which is induction and deduction. Retroduction is noetic. It is uh, transcorporeal or noetic, and I don't care if you believe in that or not, but I mean, this is how the Aristotelian, of course, I have not much, uh, not much uh, worth value placed into Aristotelian philosophers, since Aristotle himself, while very intelligent and uh, very wise, especially compared to modern-day people, not Aristotelian at all, but this is how the uh, Platonists, the Neoplatonists and the Pythagoreans and the Indians worked out things. The Indians called it negativa, or neti neti, not this, not that, which is what neti neti translates as. The ancient Prakrit term was uh, manifest in several different ways. I translate ancient Pali. The actual via negativa to arrive at subjective synthesis is to first engage in objective negation. 
the most often repeated phrase in the ancient Pali, and these are voluminous volumes of the Diganikeya, Majima, Samyura, and Gotara no Kudaka no Keya, specifically the Suranapara, the Udana, the Iruvutaka, and the Sagatavaga Pali of the first book of the Samyura Nikeya, is Isokaya uh, Namusata, which translates, that's an ancient dead language, by the way, nobody speaks it anymore, obviously. Um, this body is not the soul. And of course, the self is to be differentiated out from the big self. We're talking about the empirical self versus i.e. the consubstantial self, the psychophysical self, i.e. the corporeal self with the true self or the ontological self, i.e. the soul, i.e. the Atman, i.e. the spirit, the sanctum. But the most often repeated phrase in the Pali, the ancient Pali, is isakaya namisata, but also specifically the via negativa or the apophatic term, and modern Buddhists are completely ignorant about this fact because they are illiterate, uh, unintelligent fools, is the term anatta. It is used in reference to uh, 22 different things, Specifically, for example, and this goes to what via negativa, i.e. neti neti, i.e. apophaticism is, or retroduction is, is that it would be said over and over and over and over again. And you, you need to take notes. Like when something is said over and over and over again, not only is it important, it is meant specifically as a methodology in and of itself. So rupa nata, veda nata, sana nata, sankara nata, vinyana nata, isakaya namisata, nam rupa natati which means forms, feelings, perceptions, impulses, uh, empirical consciousness are not the soul, not the self, anatta. Anatta, of course, is a qualifier. It is a neti neti via negativa basis to engage the dialectic because retroduction is pure ontological noesis. It is not empirical or conscious, conscious, excuse me, induction or deduction. Retroduction is wholly apart. This is actually called the uh, noble cognition uh, by, uh, I don't know, by Jakob, not Jakob Burma, but uh, by uh, the guy that wrote the Epitaphasian whose name escapes me. I've read the Peripathesian twice, and, uh, excuse me, uh, it's found within the Peripathesian, which is a really noble work. Anybody should read. It's incredibly enlightening. However, it is just neo-neo-platonism from the perspective of a European. Well, some names that, uh, like authors like escape me. It's like people that I've met like a hundred times, like their name will escape me. And you know, my mind is thinking about a thousand things at once and I forget about something that I know very well. Anyway, the author of the Peripathesian or paraphasian, and it talks about. So this is, I hope I didn't go too deep, but this is what Retroduction 101 is. Like, what is Retroduction? Why is it so important? How is it wholly different or far superior to induction and deduction? Well, it is superior. Um, it lets you arrive at highly logical, extremely intuitive and very wise conclusions about things for which there is no objective uh, analysis thereof. Like you can't stick yourself underneath the microscope and examine yourself, right? Well, I guess you could if you like, you know, cut some skin off. I don't mean that way. I mean the self as meant as a whole or being or ontos or uh, uh, in the ancient Pali would be the purisha. Um, the person, the person, not the persona non grata, which is uh, namisata. Uh, these are not declarative statements within the Pali, and of course they're found within the Greek as well. Um, but uh, there, uh, it is a methodology of subjective synthesis through objective negation. Um, 
this light form of retroduction is engaged by uh, detectivists and, uh, and other people that also engage mostly in the deduction and induction. They'd be like, what's-his-face couldn't have, uh, you know, uh, stolen so-and-so because he's a cripple. You know, he, he couldn't have, like, climbed up to the third window because he's missing both his legs. I mean, that is a form of induction, but it is also a really light form of uh, retroduction. It is arriving to the synthesis of an answer through objective negation, but that's a really superficial and, uh, not superficial, it is a, uh, it is a very, uh, word escapes me, simplistic, and that's not even the word either, simplistic uh, way of arriving at the, uh, the synthesis of the answer for which you seek. So I hope that's a light introduction to Introduction to retroduction, and that is really light. It goes a lot deeper than that. But specifically, retroduction is the ontology of metaphysics, the ontology of answering metaphysical questions. Actually, is what I should have said. The ontology of uh, noetic answering methodology, the noetic answering methodology of uh, arriving at metaphysical uh, answers uh, that is wholly above the sphere of induction and deduction. I hope that was simple enough. I hope I didn't, I mean, I, I think it's just a perfunctory, very, very simple analysis of retroduction, of which countless people have asked me to do that. But if our children had been taught this stuff in school, they'd be much more intelligent and in, uh, being able to figure out things. Um, this is also the premise retroduction of negative space, too. Uh, detectives use this as well when they're able to tell a lot more by what someone doesn't say than by what they do. Like they grill someone, like an interrogation room, for example. A stupid, simple person just listening to what a person says. The really smart one is engaging in a noetic form of synthesis answer forming by listening to the empty notes. Music is as much like a piano. A piano concerto, okay? There's no other musical instrument but a piano, right? You know, the concerto, the masterpiece of music, Chopin, whoever it is, Bach, Mozart, is, is as much what is not present, you know, when no keys are being hit, obviously, as it is. Same thing with binary on a hard drive, right? You know, the zeros mean as much as the ones, right? The ones have no meaning without the zeros. Zero, by the way, is not a number in ancient Greek. One is not even a number in ancient Greek. One is principle. It's not even a number. And two is also not a number in ancient Greek metaphysics. It's the aoristostias. One is a principle, and two is not a number in ancient Greek metaphysics. And zero is not a number at all. You think, well, zero is a number. Please, Lord. No. When you talk about metaphysics, zero is nothing. <laughs> and nothing is not something. And it has no property. Same thing with space. Space and zero have a lot in common because we always draw zeros, and we think of zero as a number, and... Zero is nothing. Space is nothing. Space, as Nikola Tesla famously said, has no properties. And he's correct. As attributes, like a shadow has attributes. Like if you stand in a shadow, you'll be colder. But a shadow is not a thing. A shadow has no properties. A shadow is the absence of light. Anyway, I hope this was a very, very, very simple... I hope it was simplified enough, introduction to what is a retroduction. The ancient lost the metaphysics of noetic answer, um, answer for, well, it's actually the mechanism for answering things in uh, metaphysics and, and uh, monistic ontology, so. See, it's kind of an abstruse topic to make a video about. It's like this guy makes videos on 
on uh, camera stuff, and then he makes videos on field theory, and now he's making a video on uh, abstruse platonic ontology. <laughs> he's boring. I don't know if he's boring or if he's cool. He's At least he's fat and ugly. Yeah, I get that all the time. It's like, geez, I never looked in the mirror. I couldn't figure out that was fat. <laughs> I don't know if people... I wonder how people think how stupid I am. Does he... Is he does he, do they think I'm stupid? Yeah. And it's been one of those weeks, you know? It has been one of those weeks. Thank you so much for watching, and goodbye. If you like these videos, please click the link below, because I'm not uh, shilling or shucking or selling anything, so any donation is warmly appreciated. Oh, God, I really mean that. Right now, I actually have $1 in my wallet. I got like 120 in the bank, but I have $1 in my wallet right now. <laughs> uh, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Totally true, by the way. Thank you. Goodbye.